This could spell bad news for Utah. Two key players are out for the Rose Bowl. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lines is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between Penn State men's basketball and Canisius on Sunday, December 18th, right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for the price you'll love. Try it today. My name is Zach Seiko, your host of Locked On Nittany Lines, as always. A bit of important news coming out. Uh, Not so good news for the Utah Utes. We're going to be without two key players going into the game against the Nittany Lions in the Rose Bowl on January 2nd, 2023. So, I mean, Penn State's had its opt-outs of key players. Well, I mean, most notably Joey Porter Jr. And we really knew that Parker Washington wasn't going to play, even though he intends to go into the NFL draft. But now some surprising opt-outs for Utah will lead off the show with those and how they impact the game. Then I'm going to give you an update on the recruiting cycle for Penn State as they got them. They got a brand new commitment to the class of 2023 and some names you need to know that are on Penn State's radar that could commit either today or in the next coming days. Today's episode is Tuesday, December 13th, so we could even see someone commit today uh, and the transfer portal as well. There's a, This is a big week for Penn State football to not only get kids at the high school ranks, but also in college as well. So the Rose Bowl, January 2nd, 2023, Penn State is now an underdog to Utah, but maybe that changes. Does that change with two key players opting out? Dalton Kincaid and Clark Phillips III. Those are huge losses for Utah in the scheme of this game. Let's start with Dalton Kincaid because he actually announced his opt-out from the weekend uh, yesterday, Monday. Uh, the cornerback Clark Phillips III actually uh, made his announcement that he was going to go to the NFL draft and focus on everything. But Dalton Kincaid was first, so we'll explain his situation first. Uh, he's rehabbing an injury that he suffered in the Pac-12 championship. He exited the game. In that game, Utah actually turned to third-string tight end Thomas Yasmin as one of the focal points of the offense. But oddly enough, Utah will be down to its third tight end with Yasmin becoming the elevated first-string starter, uh, but now losing Dalton Kincaid, who's going to rehab the injury, said he's going to focus on the 2023 NFL draft as well. I think he's a phenomenal tight end prospect, uh, just from what I've seen watching some uh, Utah games here with the Pac-12 championship and seeing some highlights. But he actually was the backup. Brant Keithy was the guy who was supposed to be the starter all along, the number one guy. And he ended up having a season-ending injury against Arizona State. But then Dalton Kincaid gets into that role and becomes Mr. Reliable. Utah will be without its leading receiver, Cam Rising, the quarterback, his favorite target. That's why this is a big deal. That's his favorite target. He's the safety blanket, but he's also the leading receiver. 70 receptions, 890 yards, 8 touchdowns. He was first-team All-Pac-12 and a finalist for the John Mackey Award, which goes to the best tight end in the country 
So this is a huge loss. He's not only the finesse guy because he makes all the catches. I mean, he lowers the shoulder. He fights through contact, but he's also a really good blocker. Like this is a complete tight end, a really good NFL prospect. I think anybody that snags him on day two and maybe in the late second round or third round, because I think he'll impress in the combine with his athleticism. And uh, that is going to be a huge loss for Cam Rising, who has to go maybe a little more to Yasmin, who's not as experienced, uh, wasn't relied on in this offense as heavily, even though he did show some prowess in the Pac-12, but I think anybody could have waltzed around USC's defense. Uh, it really wasn't that hard to do. Uh, but the, also the wide receiver core for Utah, it's not its best asset. It's the running backs. It's Cam, Rising tough, Cam Rising's toughness. And at one point, with all three tight ends, the tight end room, but now Utah's losing. It's not only its number one, but it's number two tight end that became a surefire number one. But as important as losing the tight end is in Dalton Kincaid, Clark Phillips III is probably irreplaceable, period, on Utah's defense. He's the number one corner. He's declaring for the 2023 NFL draft. He did that yesterday. He is a projected first-round pick and actually the highest-rated recruit in Utah history, and he certainly lived up to the hype. Uh, redshirt sophomore, consensus All-American. So what that means is that all major voting outlets, publications that put out All-America teams, he was the first team on all of them. That's the ninth time that's happened uh, for Utah football, and, I mean, it should have been because... He had six interceptions. He had 24 tackles. So that's important to point out. It's like, oh, well, he didn't make that many plays. Yeah, because they avoided him. He made six interceptions already on top of being uh, pretty much avoided in passing attacks by opponents. So I got some feedback uh, from Utah fans saying that I was wrong about my assessment of the Utah pass defense. And don't get me wrong. Clark Phillips III really makes this an all-encompassing group. But now going to take a big hit here and i basically said that they weren't that good meaning that the pass rush is better the run defense is really good so if i had to pick all of the three i would rank them third in the pass defense because collectively as the defense the run defense and the pass rush really help out the back end with the secondary so they do let up some yards and they're 69th in overall pass defense efficiency which is okay but it's not great. And when you're losing one of your most efficient defenders in Clark Phillips, uh, that's going to be a big deal for Utah. Uh, Clark Phillips could take a whole side of the field away. Now that is gone for Utah's defense. But even with Phillips, the third missing out of this game in the Rose bowl, I, I don't know that I like Penn state's receivers in a head to head matchup, just uh, overall a factor in the pass rush and the secondary as well, because Utah still got some really good defenders. I mean, take Cole Bishop and RJ Hubert uh, as both safeties who have forced turnovers uh, and they're very good in the passing game. I'm just saying that in terms of all the facets of Utah's defense, probably their passing defense is not the best unit that they have. There are some much better talented players along the line of scrimmage that really do help out with that. Uh, but Clark Phillips, the third big loss, Dalton Kincaid, uh, I think an even bigger loss with what he does for this offense in terms of blocking and receiving. Uh, it's going to be interesting how Utah decides to overcome that, where they're going to distribute the football and how they intend to uh, stifle Penn State's passing attack in the Rose Bowl. 
This is Locked On Nittany Lines, a Tuesday edition, and we're going to go back to the recruiting cycle before we head into the transfer portal as Penn State's got a brand new commitment, the name you need to know, as well as some other guys that could be following behind him. And like I said, the transfer portal is very active. Penn State's putting on a lot of offers, but who are some of the guys that they've already offered that could commit and then who they're visiting, everything in between, as James Franklin and the assistant coaches are very, very busy this week. It is Locked on Nittany Lions. We'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored by Omaha Steaks. This is insane. Omaha Steaks has cut prices 50% site-wide to make you the gift-giving hero that you always wanted to be. Holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged tender and delicious Omaha steaks. Omaha steaks have put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love nice and easy. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of the 50% off site wide. Plus use promo code locked on at checkout to get an additional $40 off your order. Omaha steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering from the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of that 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions, and thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko. I am your host. And thanks so much for the support on the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Appreciate you listening to the podcast version of this show. But if you do or if you're interested Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're so close to 500. I've set out a goal. Let's get the Locked On Nittany Lions YouTube channel to 500 subscribers before the Rose Bowl. Still got a little bit of time, and we are so close. But thank you for all the support over there and just wherever you get this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get on to the recruiting trail for Penn State football because as important as the present is with winning the Rose Bowl and playing a tough game against Utah, we got to talk about the future in the class of 2023. National Signing Day is oh so close uh, from the posting of this episode, eight days away, eight days away, December 21st, when everyone's got to sign on the dotted line and Penn State gets a huge commitment late in the cycle. Just eight days before, like I said, and that is four-star defensive end Joseph Mapoyi. And Mapoyi is an athletic freak, to say the least. I like when Penn State makes these announcements because James Franklin, I don't know that he necessarily tweets it, but whoever his Twitter manager is tweets out the video, we are better, 107K strong. And the internet goes wild, Penn State side of the internet. Anyway, he's a six foot four, 235 pound edge rusher. Went to Archbishop Carroll in DC before transferring to a prep high school in Connecticut. He actually started off wanting to be a basketball player when I read up a little bit more on this kid. And I said, you know, what's he all about? And he actually wanted to be a basketball player, then gave football a try because he was so gifted athletically. And now we see where he is. Uh, so some other sites have him listed as a three-star, but 
He seems to be consensus top five player in Connecticut. That's overall. That's any position coming out of the state. Uh, but on three actually has him as a four star. So I'll buy into that. I'll agree with them that Mapoyi is the uh, real deal and he deserves a four star rating. Penn State actually had to fend off quite some competition for this prospect. Uh, Michigan, Miami of Florida, Maryland and Auburn. But it really seemed like it was going to be down to Michigan and Penn State. With, uh, with a lean towards Penn State, it really was never in doubt. So what's the scouting report on Mopoyi? Uh, well, he has a 6'10 wingspan, so he's got long range, he's got a huge frame, and scouts say he's really twitchy. So for a guy that size that's got some quick, some pep in his step, uh, and that's really good for the first step off the line of scrimmage because you want to land that first punch. You want to land that first move on an offensive lineman, and that is key for an edge rusher. So as I've mentioned, lots of athleticism. You can see that from being a multi-sport athlete. You can see that from his pure size uh, and speed. Go watch any of his highlight tapes. I've seen what stood out to me was not necessarily his finesse moves, but the physicality, the bull rushes, the way that he was just able to push offensive linemen off of him. And this is the prototypical player, especially on defense. But I think that's kind of all encompassing where Penn State goes after kids who have freakish athleticism with college ready physical traits, but may need a little more help on their technique because you can teach somebody how to play football. Can't really teach them size and speed. So my instant player comparison is Adafi Owe. I know that's really that is some lofty expectations for someone that's never played a down of college football. Uh, but Adafi Owe, same thing, was a little bit taller, was six foot five, but about the same weight when he came into Penn State. Showed that athletics, that just that freakish athletic ability. And I, I think that's going to be the case here. Now, Owe still had to develop that technique, and he's actually gotten better since he's been in the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, like I said, pretty lofty comparison, but at least from a base, comparing the athleticism, the size, and, and where he is from a technique standpoint, I think it's a fair comparison because Mopoyi has serious upside. Uh, so where does Penn State turn now that they've added uh, one extra player in the class that actually hasn't changed them in the rankings all that much? They're still pretty much in the mid-teens consensus across all the sites on 3, 24, 7, wherever you go to get your college football recruiting rankings. But now Penn State's after not only one defensive end that they got a commitment from, but two, and that's Mason Robinson. Mason Robinson's also a member of this class of 2023. He decommitted from Northwestern. He's got an 88 rating. He's a three-star according to 24-7 sports, but he's got that big frame and nice size to him. Six foot four, 230 pounds. He's the number 10 prospect in Maryland, according to 24-7. And he actually attends Madonna, McDonough High School. So why does McDonough sound pretty familiar? Well, because PJ Mustafer went there and as well as Deny Dennis Sutton. Deny Dennis Sutton just came recently from there. So they, once upon a time, were teammates. So there's a huge connection. Those guys can be essentially player recruiters at this point. He just recently took a visit to Penn State uh, in a video explaining his decommitment. He actually was wearing, if you paid attention real closely, he had a wristband. He had a wristband that was a Penn State Nittany Lions wristband. So uh, Robinson seems to be all in here on Penn State, and Penn State's all in on trying to get him to commit. James Franklin and Anthony Poindexter actually did a home visit uh, just yesterday. They visited him and his family, and everybody talked about it on social media, posted about it. He did pick up an offer from Notre Dame, but most of the prediction specialists say that 
there's a consensus here that Mason Robinson is going to end up at Penn State, and that would be another huge get. They're really bolstering this defense. You already have six members in the secondary, and now you're adding to the pass rush, and you're trying to get guys at the mid-level, the second tier, and they're going after linebackers as well. Another name to keep an eye on in this one, it's a lean towards Penn State, but it's not a given fact, and that is Kavion Keys out of the state of Virginia, six foot two, 190-pound linebacker, was committed to North Carolina for a long time, actually, and then he decommitted late in the cycle, and James Franklin and company, well, they pounced. Uh, they did a home visit uh, with KV on Keys, and four-star recruit did take a visit to Virginia Tech, and oh, Brent Pry. Okay, so this is going to come down to Brent Pry versus James Franklin. I don't think this will be the last, uh, especially with the way that Penn State likes to recruit in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, which is where Virginia Tech is going to be recruiting a lot. So, And Brent Pry is very familiar with that area since he worked at Penn State for such a long time. But on three has basically him a lock to Penn State. He's got a 96 percentage predict prediction rating to Penn State. So I'm going to lock both him and Mason Robinson to Penn State here, adding three recruits to the class of 2023. Now, is there one more that could be joining? Probably not. And that is Rodney Gallagher. So this is somebody that we've talked about in previous episodes, a very, very highly touted wide receiver recruit. And especially for Penn State, he took that visit at the Michigan State game, saw the home finale, saw the regular season finale, and Penn State win pretty decisively over the Spartans. Uh, he's a four-star recruit. He's actually the top five athlete in all of Pennsylvania in this recruiting cycle, but he reaffirmed his commitment to West Virginia. He's closer to that area. He said that going to West Virginia games as a kid and just being that it's his home area, it felt like home at this day and age. And that's fine. Everyone says that NIL is a big deal. I think the sentimental factor has a lot to do with it. It's closer to his home. I will say this though. If it wasn't for West Virginia, he would definitely be at Penn State. Penn State was definitely his second choice. That's why you saw him just thinking about it. Maybe do I want to flip here? Also, something that was factored in, West Virginia changed athletic directors. And head coach Neil Brown's on the hot seat since they haven't really been that good since he's taken over. Rodney Gallagher really has a good relationship with Neil Brown, but... Who knows how long he's going to be there. I already saw the comments and people I think are spot on with this. If Neil Brown happens to get fired uh, after next season, because a new athletic director is going to want to bring in their own head coach to run the football program. Neil Brown's not this guy. He's not the guy anymore since they're, they have a different athletic director. So Neil Brown could have a short leash. He could be on the way out if West Virginia doesn't put results together. And then if that's the case, Rodney Gallagher might switch and flip and be in the transfer portal in a year or two. That's that's a lot of speculation. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're trying to predict the future of a high school senior for crying out loud. Uh, but I think that's a good point because aside from the NIL stuff, the coaching relationship with Neil Brown and just that sentimental factor of West Virginia really factored into Rodney Gallagher picking West Virginia over Penn State. Uh, but Penn State could have really used the, maybe he flips, maybe he does. Um, Penn State's still going to try with just about eight days left here before National Signing Day, which is December 21st. But I think that uh, 
getting him would be a big boost to the class of 2023 because they only have Carmelo Taylor right now. And that is why they are looking in the transfer portal for wide receivers and guys with multiple years of eligibility. Notice that Penn State's not going after some players that are fifth-year seniors, have one final year with the COVID regulations that were put in place to add the eligibility. No, they're going after guys with two to three years left to play college football. Who are some of those guys? Well, we're going to get you updated on who Penn State is targeting and who could actually commit out of the transfer portal. It is locked on Nittany Lions. Can we pause the pod for a second? Okay, we're paused. Great, because you got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty, and candy cane brownie puff. Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best-tasting protein bars ever built. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, only 130 calories. Just sink your teeth into that first bite, and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you tried these new built flavors. And the magical, wonderful time afterwards, you're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. An unanswerable question, to say the least. They're all unbelievable, and they're also different. You can order a mix box, and you can try all five flavors for yourself. Built. You got to try this and get 15% off your order right now by using promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. That is promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Our final segment today on Locked On Nittany Lines takes us into the transfer portal, and I think that's going to be a frequent theme here because guys are going to enter in from not only Penn State but all across the country, and you're seeing guys make decisions not even necessarily right out of the gate. They've taken their time. Uh, some guys have jumped in. Some guys have actually left. They pulled their decision, and they're going to stay. So this is the recruiting battle within the recruiting battle because not only does James Franklin and any head coach have to go out and recruit new players they got to re-recruit the players that are already there. That's that's just the way college football cha has changed. And I can go on a rant about that just in itself, but just, just think about that for a second, folks, is that Penn State and other programs really have to do a good job of reselling Penn State as a program to people that are already there and have already committed. Um, and, and it is, it's just tough. The college football landscape has completely turned over now, but this is the nature of the beast and we got to deal with it, right? So who are the players that Penn State is now targeting because we've seen some new names pop up uh, and who did they plan? Well, they're actually planning to go see that Dante Thornton kid that we brought up. Yes, former Penn State verbal commit, decommitted, ended up flipping over to Oregon. He's a former four-star. He's out of Maryland, actually went to a high school that I'm familiar with because that's where I grew up in. I grew up in Maryland in Mount St. Joseph's, uh, a very good uh, preparatory school over there in that area. But Went out to Oregon, long way from home, decided to jump in the transfer portal. He's six foot five, 205 pounds, and had 17 catches for 366 yards and one touchdown in his sophomore season for 2022. Uh, so this is something I also want to point out that uh, 
Penn State really likes to go after players that they had previous relationships with. There are no hard feelings. If somebody went to a different school, like Thornton, for example, going to Oregon, they immediately contacted him, and now they're setting up a home visit. They intend to make a home visit and talk to Thornton to see if they can get him back to Penn State and actually get him committed this time, right? Uh, so they go after familiar friends because another one is Caden Prather. And just talked about Rodney Galler going, going to West Virginia. Well, Prather's in the transfer portal, and he's trying to leave West Virginia. He's a big target. He's huge. Six foot four, 211 pounds, 52 receptions, 501 yards, and three touchdowns in 2022. So he's very productive, and Penn State could actually use some size at the wide receiver position. I think that's something that Penn State has really missed. Yeah, sure, they got it at the tight end spot, but I, I think having another Juwan Johnson type of player would be a nice boost to the wide receiver room. Don't you guys think? I know Malik Mega's there, but maybe uh, someone to challenge him for that big receiver role, that sizable receiver, uh, and make some of those jump ball catches in the end zone. So Prather's now a target again. And Gerard Parker, if you remember him, he was Penn State's wide receiver coach once upon a time. He actually followed Coach Parker to West Virginia and – not ultimately sure what happened to the relationship. Maybe uh, it's the Neil Brown coaching situation. Maybe it's because West Virginia is not as good of a football program as everyone thought it would be. But here is Prather in the transfer portal, and Penn State is in contact with him. They want to get him. Now, finally, Dante Cephas. This is another player that was right out of the gate because he's from the Penn Hills area. He's originally from Pennsylvania, went to Kent State, put two very productive seasons together for the Flash, for the Golden Flashes. Now he's in the transfer portal and he took a two day visit to Penn State this past weekend, Saturday and Sunday, hung out with some former high school teammates, Daquan Hardy, Tank Smith, but Dante Cephas did leave without making an official commitment. Hmm, that's interesting. Now, if you do some research on three, on, as you can tell, I like some of these Penn State publications because they do really good work on three, 24-7 sports. Uh, all of them really do. Anywhere you can find some good Penn State resources, in addition to what I'm able to offer as well. But they have a 99% prediction rating for Dante Cephas to go to Penn State. It's down to Penn State and Pitt. Penn Hills area that's closer to Pittsburgh and University of Pittsburgh, but they actually have Penn State as the leading candidate to land him. Now, Penn State still needs to fend off some top tier programs, Colorado and Deion Sanders. That's going to be in the thorn in the side, right? When it comes to recruiting Georgia, Notre Dame, and as I mentioned, the Panthers and Pat Narduzzi. I don't really see them as much of a threat. I'm more concerned about Georgia and Notre Dame, if I must say. But uh, yeah, Penn State. Uh, looks like they're going to land Dante Cephas. That might even come this week, and that would be a huge get in the transfer portal. But he did leave campus without a commitment, so he's mulling this decision over. Maybe he might take some other visits. But Penn State was his first stop, and I don't think as of right now he's got any more scheduled visits, but maybe that plans to change. So just keep an eye out for Dante Cephas and see if he makes that announcement this week. That is going to do it for this episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for tuning in wherever you get your podcasts. If you are on the YouTube channel, please subscribe. Hit the like button for this episode. Please share the episode. Please comment any questions that you want answered. If you want a topic or just a general question about maybe it's Utah, maybe it's about a certain Penn State player, I'm happy to answer it in any upcoming episode. But until then, I'll talk to you very soon.
Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.